Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everybody. Courtney and I are so excited to be back today, and today we are joined with a special guest, Shilamita, and she is a transformation and lifestyle mentor. How are you today? We are so happy to have you here. I am so good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes, we are so excited for this. So Shilamita talks about gratitude and manifestation and all of that. But before we kind of dive into tips on that, I would love to just kind of hear more about you, let everybody know who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I'm a transformation and lifestyle mentor. That's like the broad span of what I do. My story goes like this. I found spirituality when I was about 23 years old. Both my parents had cancer and I was like very lost in life and didn't really know how to process or deal with it. It came from a family of immigrants. So like therapy and all those things, like they just weren't an option for me. So I found Kabbalah and I went on like a spiritual journey. And then my father passed away when I was around 26 years old. And three months after he passed away, I found out I was eight weeks pregnant with my ex-boyfriend's baby that I broke up with six weeks prior. (laughs) Went into like a complete spiral and I had like no idea what was happening. And, and, you know, like I was still processing like my father's death. So like, I just wanted to die. And I didn't realize like what a gift this child was going to be in my life and my existence and putting me on the path ultimately that I'm on today. When he was about 18 months, I was gifted a psychic reading and in that psychic reading, actually, he was younger than 18 months. When in that psychic reading, she had told me that my son had a gift and he was going to turn to me because I had the same gift. And at the time, I was an event planner and I was like, what kind of gift is he going to turn to me for? You know, and the psychic was in like one of those little mystical shops, you know, with like tarot cards and like all the things. And so before I left there that day, I bought like a chakra meditation CD, a tarot deck, and like something else. I forget what I bought. But when my dad was alive, I had stopped doing all of that kind of stuff because when he was young, he had a gypsy tell him that he was going to die in his 40s. So he never wanted me to go to like psychics and stuff because he did not want me to get that same kind of information. So it was kind of like a reintroduction back into spirituality. And the next day I did that chakra meditation CD and I was with my mom at a doctor appointment because she had cancer too. And it just downloaded that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, that I was supposed to be a healer. And so I ended up going to massage school. And while I was in massage school, I'm like, okay, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And I started asking the universe for help. And I ended up having a new friend come over to my apartment and she sat with me and told me how negative I was and how I complained a lot. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is interesting. And so thank goodness my ego did not supersede my openness to like the messages that I was receiving. And it was a really powerful conversation that she had with me that day because a lot of people are super negative and they complain a lot and they just don't know because they're so used to doing it and they're surrounded by people who do it 
So it was like a very powerful conversation for me in that moment because it allowed for me to become aware of my thoughts and and all the things. And so in that conversation with me, she started dropping words like law of attraction, the secret, you know, the laws of the universe. And she's like, don't you know about any of this stuff? And the truth is, is that I heard a lot of these things before. And I was actually sitting on those books in my apartment at the moment, but I just didn't like to read at the time. And once she left, I dove deep into all of that stuff. I created my first vision board on that vision board. I wrote that I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a speaker. I wanted to motivate other people, but I just didn't know how I was going to do that. Cause at the time I was a single mom. I had broken up with my ex. We had gotten back together for like a short stint of time when my son was little. I had broken up with him. I was a single mom. I had gained a hundred pounds without pregnancy. So I was obesely overweight. I was living on food stamps because I couldn't figure out what to do with my life and how to get myself together. So I really needed like a revamp. And I had asked the universe to put me on my path and to show me the way so that I would become credible enough that one day people would want to hear my story. And one day I could get on stage and I could speak and and be an author. And so here we are today. (laughs) Wow. I love that. That's so inspiring. It's a really powerful journey. Right? So powerful. And I think I'm sure many can relate to this, but I feel like making transformation and change is so, so hard. What can you give for advice when it comes to actually initiating change and being consistent with it? Well, the consistency is what the key is, right? It's like, we need to decide that we want to make a change. And then we need to start doing something every single day in order to move towards that change, right? So like where I am in my life right now, like, I'm in winning season, right? Like my life is amazing. I have the most amazing friendships, the most amazing relationships. I have the most incredible husband. I manifested more children. I have the most incredible family. And like right now, I made a commitment to myself that every single day I was going to do something new. And in doing something new, I was going to be really aware, really conscious. And in that moment, I was going to practice gratitude and manifest. Because what happens is, is we get stuck in autopilot. Right now, we are operating from the thoughts of our past. And in this moment, we are creating the future. So if you are not aware and conscious every single day and bring yourself into that awareness, then you're operating on autopilot. And most people are operating on autopilot 95% of the time. So if you're on autopilot, then the whole world of manifestation is not going to be open to you because you're not dreaming and you're not thinking and you're not creating. Our whole purpose of living life is so that we experience things, right? It's like the way that I've learned it and the way that I think it is that when we are not in our human form, we are just energy and energy cannot be destroyed. It can only take on to other forms. So we get to live in like this blissful place, which a lot of people call heaven, And in heaven, there's no pain, there's no anger, there's no sadness, there's none of the duality of what life gives us. We just have to be in this knowing of everything is like amazing. And so here I am in this knowing right now in my life that everything is amazing. I do live through duality every day, like something happens every day. It's just that my emotional intelligence at this point is so strong and so on point that I don't let things throw me, right? Mm -hmm. Where somebody who's just starting out into spirituality or hearing this for the first time and your life is really hard, it's because your emotional intelligence isn't there yet. You know, like a friend will cancel plans on you and you'll be mad at that person for the next three months, right? (laughs) 
And it's like the end of the world when like somebody lies to you or your mom will say something to you and it like sends you into this whirlwind, right? Yeah, that's the universe mirroring to you like what you need and what you need to work on. Lauren talks about this all the time on the podcast and about how those things are triggering your childhood trauma, which yep. is preventing you, like you said, from being your future self or, or future opportunities. Yep. So, you know, we are here to experience things and what we don't realize is that we're manifesting all the time. So at some point you put stuff out into the universe that the universe is trying to deliver to you, but you're not quite ready to receive it yet. So then all of these bad things keep happening almost like a test to see if you're ready, right? Like if you talk to an average person, they will tell you that they want success. Now, what does success look like for them? For a lot of people, it'll be, well, I want financial gain. I want to make a six-figure salary. I want to make a seven-figure salary. I want to travel the world. I want to do this. I want to do that, right? But in order to receive those things and to be able to operate at that kind of level, you have to be able to hold a lot of duality. And so when we're not in human form, we don't hold duality. We just get to live in eternal bliss. And so being a human is all about learning this duality. So for me, it started with gratitude. When I started learning in the spiritual realm, first came Kabbalah and then came like the secret Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, you know, like the the big names in the Hay House world. And so every single thing that I was learning or studying or, or emerging myself into, there was one common denominator in them all. And that was gratitude. And it was like, if you could just be grateful every day, if you could just be grateful every day. And at that point in my life, when I was a single mom living on food stamps or before I was even a single mom, when I was with my ex and my life was so miserable, I could not find anything to be grateful for. Well, like right now I could sit here with you and I'm grateful for electricity. I'm grateful for Wi-Fi. I'm grateful I have a fresh bottle of water by my side. I'm grateful that I'm sitting in my comfortable bedroom. I'm grateful that I have a beautiful view out my window. Right. And so I kind of had those things then, but I didn't know that I needed to be grateful for them because we take things for granted. Right. Like we just feel like, well, we live in this existence. So we have like everything. So there was like a shift that happened for me in that point of life where I needed to start being grateful and I had a really hard time being grateful. So I would literally start looking around the room and being like, okay. I am grateful for the TV and I'm grateful that the TV operates and I'm grateful that I can pay that bill every month, right? It was like the little things that I took for granted all of a sudden really started to matter for me. And so if you can get yourself into this habit every single day, it is life-changing. So again, in the beginning, it was hard for me. It was hard to create the habit. And so my son was probably around almost two at the time. So I started being grateful with him every night before bed. And the beauty of this is that little kids, they love a routine. And once you start doing something, especially around bedtime, if it can perpetuate a few more minutes of like not going to sleep, a kid will remind you, oh, we weren't grateful yet today. And so I had him create the habit with me. And what would happen is when my ex would take him, I would forget to be grateful. And then he would come home and he would remind me to be grateful. So it was this beautiful thing that we created together. 
And so now I have two other children who are eight and nine and literally every single day for their entire lives, we have been grateful. I could probably count on two handfuls how many times we have not been grateful. And if you hear the stuff that comes out of these little mouths, like my eight-year-old, he understands manifesting, Mm -hmm. like he gets it. And so I'm not really an animal person. And my, my little guy, he loves all animals and he is desperate for a dog. So he started being grateful every night for his puppy. Then he started being grateful for his five puppies. And I'm in the process of hiring a new nanny right now. And so a post comes up on my Facebook. I'm in this nanny group. And it's somebody seeking a job and in a live-in nanny position. And at the end, she's like, and I know this sounds strange, but I have a puppy. And I was like, no way. Like, I've never... In all of my years of hiring nannies, and I've been hiring nannies for the last nine years, I have never in my life ever seen a nanny put out an ad with a puppy. And so I reach out to her and she is like everything I could have imagined and more. And so my husband overheard me interviewing her the other day and I got off the phone with her and he was like, I'm really impressed by your interview skills, right? And it's like this evolution because if we go back into my history, I wasn't always the best boss and I wasn't the best at management. And it was a lot of things that I needed to work on throughout the years. And so when I had this interview and he recognized this in me, I turned around to him and I said, what are the freaking chances that this girl is, if she checks off every single box that I can imagine for somebody that I want to support in my house to live with. And she comes with a puppy. So for me, this is like a perfect scenario because the dog's not mine. Exactly. That's enough taking care of the children in my house. So now she comes with the dog. My kids get to experience this. I get to experience it as well. Right. Because you can't just get a puppy and decide like two weeks later, I don't want this dog. Right. I'm sure people do that, but I can't do that. And it's like such a big commitment. But like, this is the thing with manifesting. It's like, you have to believe you have to be grateful for it. And then you have to detach yourself from the outcome of it. And so my kid is so powerful. He has created the scenario where he's now going to have a puppy. And I'm just like blown away by the whole thing. That is mind blowing. And I just love when the universe works that way. It's so crazy. And, you know, I'll tell some of these stories, like I have crazy stories that happen. And I'll tell some people and I think they really think that's just a coincidence. And I'm like, no, like, let me tell you, Trust in the magic of life because it is magical. Well, there are no coincidences. And that's the thing. Like the word coincidence, like really shouldn't even exist. Right. I still use it. I'm like, what a coincidence. And then I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. not. Nothing is a coincidence. And so people will Mm -hmm. scapegoat coincidence, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because they they can't believe in the magic. And like, I get it. You know, it's like, I've been doing this for a long time. Like I've been manifesting and watching my manifestations come true for my oldest son now just turned 16. So this, he was the baby and all of these stories. So this is almost 16 years of actively manifesting and it still feels like magic. Every single time, it still feels like magic. Earlier this year, I created a vision board and on that vision board was luxury yacht. And my mentor just sent me on an all expense paid trip to Miami, where we spent all of Monday on a luxury yacht. You can't make that up. No, you can't. That's insane. 
and the board I guess we should make a vision board for Sedona yeah I know right yeah well I had in my mind a vision board of Sedona and I was like one day I'm gonna get there and then this year we're lost in the spot that you sent (laughs) oh no that that's incredible honestly and I love that you're implementing it with your children Yes, I was going to say that that's so powerful because I think for so long, it's something that's been like not really discussed in terms of like the parenting realm. And it's so powerful that you're literally you're setting your kids up for so much success, even like their emotional intelligence is Mm going to be far greater than the other kids who's unfortunately whose parents maybe either don't have the time or the knowledge or even the openness to be that safe space for their kids like that's so Mm -hmm. incredibly powerful you know in in regards to the kids like I have to say that I never really wanted to be a mom and so when I had my first son he was an oops right I wasn't planning on having him and then when I met my husband my husband really wanted more children I only wanted more children because I didn't want my son to be an only child and so when I had all my kids, my, my husband has two, we have two together and I have one. So we have five boys in my house. Wow. And so I went from like not wanting to be a mom to manifesting this huge family, which eventually I was actively manifesting having a big family because there was a point where I really felt alone. But once the big family came and this is where the duality comes in, I, I couldn't handle it. It was very hard for me. Being a mom was very hard for me because I have a lot of mommy issues. You know, like I have a lot of stories and limited beliefs around my mom not being around and not giving me what I needed. And at some point in this parenting game, I realized that it is my responsibility that I raise human beings that I put out in the world that are going to make a difference in this world. And what I realized growing up and, you know, seeing my peers and the people around me and family members is that a lot of times as parents, we condition our children to recreate the lives that we didn't get to live. And so I swore that I didn't want to do that for my children. I wanted them to be able to dream their dreams and be able to do it on their own. Like when I was in college, I wanted to go into hotel and restaurant management. My parents said no. They didn't let me do that. And they didn't let me go to the college I wanted to go to. And they didn't let me pursue my dreams. And so I went to college and I got lost. I started doing the wrong things and partying and not going to class and because I was rebelling against what they were trying to do for me. And so now my children are, you know, it's my goal to make sure that they go out into the world and that they are prepared for what's to come. I don't want them having to go through 20 years, right? I found spirituality at the age of 23. I'm 43 now, and I have to say that I really didn't start living and enjoying life until after 40 because it it was all the reprogramming, all of the limited beliefs, and and I'm still fighting it, and my mother is still not there with me, and I am like huge evidence of like all the things, but it's not only am I healing myself but I'm also healing ancestor lines, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't realize is that generational trauma is a huge, huge thing. And so, you know, I had um, a powerful call with somebody in one of my masterminds last year, and we were talking about the fact that I was a boy mom. And she said to me, the reason why you don't have daughters is because it's up to you to break the ancestral trauma. And 
in that moment, it made so much sense to me, you know, and there's so, so much evidence for me because I asked for the evidence, you know, I asked for the universe to show me and my emotional intelligence is so high at this point that I'm able to decipher and I'm able to figure out like, okay, like this is happening because of this, this is happening because I asked for this. And so the quicker that you're able to process through something, it's so incredible as to how fast you're manifesting. 15 years ago, I was just trying to pay my rent. And so I would forget to be grateful until like two days before my rent was due. And then like the day before my rent was due, the money would start coming in. Now the manifestations, they happen so fast for me because I'm so, I have like this straight line of connection to the divine and I really get it and I live in it and I show other people how to do it. And so I just get rewarded all the time. I love that. Now, my question is, along your journey of spirituality and manifesting, did you ever have people in your life who criticized you, judged you for it? And if so, how did you work through all of that? Because that was one of my biggest struggles, especially in the beginning was like, I was into tarot, I was into astrology, I love astrology. And my family is super Christian, and very like, ooh, like you're messing with the devil. And Yeah. So I feel like an outsider most of the time around a lot of the people in my life. Yeah. Do you know about human design? I absolutely love it. Manifesting (laughs) generator is me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is a great question. I still have people in my life who judge me. I still have people in my life who question what I'm doing and my sanity and all the things. And like my life is magnificent. Like literally if there was a heaven on earth, I'm living it right now. I love that. So Nothing anybody could say to me can affect me at this point because you don't like that I travel, don't watch me. You don't like my photos, get off my Facebook, right? It's like, you don't like it, get out of the way. Because I love that. <laughs> I'm going to keep being me because the more that I'm me, the more that I am authentic to who I truly am, the more ripple effect I'm creating in the world. And some of it's hard, you know, because I'm a very sensual, sexual loving person. And a lot of people, they don't like that. They can't handle that. They have their own insecurities that they're having a hard time with. But in the beginning, what I needed to do was I needed to separate myself from those people. And so family is a big one, right? Your mother, your father, your brother, your your siblings, they're going to have the hardest time with it because they're the closest to you and they feel like they can interject into your life whenever they want to. So I stopped going to family functions for a while. I stopped talking to family members. I just stopped showing up. And I didn't go back to family stuff until I was ready. And me being ready meant that I would only go to a family function for one hour. And then I would leave because once the alcohol starts to flow, so does the mouth. And so (laughs) there is no fighting with a tequila ingested person. It's just not worth it. So I started to learn my boundaries and my limitations. You know, in my 20s, my girlfriends were my sorority sisters. And in a sorority, there's judgment and there's jealousy and there's envy and there's all these things. And so I separated myself from them. And uh, when my husband and I first met, 
this was already years in the making of my spiritual existence. So it was the first separation happened before I met my husband. And then when I met my husband, my husband had a wife. And so that created a ripple effect of many, many problems in my life. And I don't recommend this to anybody, but a lot of people like to reach out to me after I share that out loud and say, I'm going through the same thing. But what needed to happen is I really needed to separate from like everybody else. It was like the separation started and then everybody else, because all of a sudden I became the scapegoat for every woman that had ever been adulterated in their life, right? Mm -hmm. It was like your husband cheated on you. It was my fault. Your boyfriend cheated on you. It was my fault because it was easy to fault me for what was happening in their lives. So my best suggestion, if you have a friend who is always on your case and always interjecting opinions into your life, it's time to separate from that person. Mm -hmm. What we don't realize is that people are in our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And most people are not in all the time uh-huh. for the lifetime, right? Like a lot of people just come in for a reason or a season. Mm-hmm. And we think that people are lifetime. Like a lot of times, like my clients will be like, but she's been my best friend for 25 years or since we were kids or, you know, whatever. And, and even like, if you're married, you know, like you might've gotten married and this person was your person, but you've gone in a different direction. Right. And so when you go in a different direction and your husband or your wife, they can't catch up to where you are, they're just going to limit you from what you are here to accomplish in this life. And then you're just going to have to come back, right? Like if that's what you believe in, which is hard, especially for the Christian faith. So most recently, I just found Jesus and I have like this relationship with Jesus and I'm not Christian or Catholic or any of the above. I've never been religious. I grew up in a Jewish family, but my little guy came home, the one that's super connected, my my master manifester. He's also a manifesting generator, by the way. And um, he started being grateful for God, mother nature, and the earth for like three days. And then on the fourth day, God, Mother Nature, Earth, and Jesus. And I was like, huh, that's interesting, like that he was grateful for Jesus, but I didn't say anything to him. And several days later, he was still being grateful for Jesus every night. And so I was like, Bennett, what's up with Jesus? Like, where did he come from? He's like, what? I love Jesus. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to love Jesus too. And so I started like learning and I reached out to friends who, you know, I, I know love Jesus. And so I have one friend who's super psychic and she channels Jesus every single day. So there's a difference between Christ consciousness and Christian. Mm right? And the thing with being Christian is that you are, I don't want to use the word brainwashed, because I don't know that that's the right word, but you are conditioned, right? Mm -hmm. To learning the scriptures, worshiping this one dude, right? But the thing is, is that the scriptures are words and they're words that were interpreted and the new testament isn't even written by people that knew jesus direct so it's kind of like a game of telephone and so you're putting all of your eggs into the basket of trusting these words and then it's like you gotta believe in this guy that he died for all of your sins in order for you to go to heaven and so like i have a really hard time with that 20 years ago, when I learned Kabbalah, Kabbalah teaches that we are all godlike. 
that we were all created from the creator. And so we all create with the creator, which means we are all miracle makers. And so that learning has gotten me to where I am now. Yeah, like co-creation. Yeah. And so if we take a look at Jesus, from what I'm learning, Jesus was very Jewish. And Jesus preached Judaism. And so Kabbalah is the highest level of Judaism. So I'm pretty sure that if 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 I if I'm getting this correctly, that Jesus probably learned Kabbalah. And Kabbalah is all about mysticism. And Kabbalah is all about miracles. And Kabbalah is all about afterlife and living and, and rebirthing. And so I believe that this Jesus guy existed. I have a great respect for him. I believe that he did the miracles that people say that he did. Like all of that is, is amazing for me. I think that it's very much possible because my life is all about miracles. But I also believe that Jesus had the faith that he was God's son and that he was brought here to make all these miracles happen and make people believe in the same. And so this is where I think Christianity is missing the mark is that they've been taught that they need to worship Jesus, but instead of realizing that we are God's children, mm. all of us, it doesn't matter that we were born without immaculate conception that I have a little bit of a hard time with. I mean, like, I guess it's possible, but you know, like that, that one I have a little bit of a hard time with, but everybody walking this earth plane is God's child. Mm. So if you believe that God is your father and that you are co-creating with God and you have faith, then you're going to be able to create the same miracles that Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can repent for your own sins, right? Like you don't need to go to confession on Sunday and tell somebody that you've done wrong. Like you have like a straight connection to God yourself and and you're able to ask for forgiveness and you're able to decide that tomorrow you want to be a better human being. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole thing that I really struggled with, especially like as a child, was the whole fear-based mentality that came along with religion. I struggle with that because I'm like, when fear is involved, that's how people can control you and your decisions and your choices. And you see it all the time, even in the media and all of that. So it's like when it comes to fear-based content, I have to be, I'm a little, you know, boundaries. Because they also, I feel like, it's I've been to Catholic church and Christian church for like half and half my life. And then now I'm like not going to church anymore, but still very much like there's definitely a divine creator. And I feel like it's so much of um not like the fear base I definitely see, but also just like people who are practicing to just do the motions because of that fear-based mentality, but they don't believe in any of it. And so that's like self-limiting belief system or unhealed trauma or the inability to like recognize their, their wall that they have. There's someone in my life, I don't want to put them on blast of who it is, but who will like chronically manifest very high anxiety situations, even to the point where six months before 
they lose their job, they're talking about how they need to change radically change their entire life because they're going to lose their job. And I've told other people in my life who are in that setting when they do it, I'm like, they're manifesting that to happen by speaking it and, and being so obsessed with being concerned about it that they don't even realize that that's what they're actually, they're working that into their life plan. Yeah. You know, I, I have to be honest that like, I didn't really even understand that religion was so fear-based. It's just now like literally like in the last couple of weeks, like if we did this podcast six months ago, this would be a very different conversation, but I'm so enthralled in it, all of it right now. And I love it. I love learning this now because it's like interesting for me now. Like, and I, most people are walking around with this fear that God is going to do something bad to them. Mm-hmm. And if you look at what we just lived through in the last three years, it was all fear-based. Yeah. Right? So That's it's like so much. they've been training us for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was reading this book. And in the book, it was talking about how America is one of the greatest nations in the world because when we pledge of allegiance to the flag under God, indivisible with, you know, liberty and justice for all, like literally we would say that every single day. So as a collective energy, we were bringing God in and we were bringing in liberty and justice for all, right? Like the words that we were saying were so powerful. And if you look at now, they're trying to take the Pledge of Allegiance out of the school. They're trying to take God out of the schools, right? And it's like the reason why we've been such a free nation is because of this. Like people don't realize the power in the words and the power in the thoughts. It's like God is offensive, but we all came from a creator, you know, yeah. like no yeah. matter what you believe in, no matter what religion, no matter what, something brought you here, you know, yeah. like there's gotta be something. Well, and I think, I think God in general a lot of people can get so triggered by that word because of how toxic a lot of religions became. Yep. Yep. And so you say God and they're like, oh my gosh, well now you're judging me and this and that and all the other stuff. Yeah. It really is such a shame because, you know, I, I, and I only recently started using the word God. It was always universe and source Mm -hmm. for me, but now I do like, I, I, a friend of mine had told me that she thinks that I am a part of saving the world. Okay. We, we were at the spa and like, she looks me dead in the eye and she's very religious. She's very Jesus loving and, but she's also very spiritual. And so this was a few weeks ago and she said, I think that you are a part of saving the world. So I'm like, okay. So a couple of days later we're texting and I'm like, let's just say that I entertain your idea. And that like, it's true that I'm here and, and a part of my mission is to save the world. I said, what, what do I do with this information? Like, how do I strengthen this? Like, how do I go about this? So she tells me that I need to read the scriptures. So I order the scriptures one. Then she sends me this video and it was a podcast of the super activating woman. It was like a 10 minute podcast. And she's talking about how to connect to God and to Jesus and to all the things and how you have to write yourself letters from God. Okay. Then I'm in this mastermind and the mastermind, the one mentor starts talking about how she's at this Airbnb and there's like a bookshelf and literally a book falls out and the book is called Conversations with God. So I buy the book, I start reading the book. Yep. Powerful. I start reading the book and the book is about this dude who's mad at God. So he starts writing him like an FU letter and all of a sudden his hand like gets possessed and 
the words just start flowing and he starts having a conversation with God, like a dialogue with God through this written word. And so now I'm like mind blown because here she sends me the video of like, you have to write letters from God. I pick up this book that's all about writing letters from God. So last week I'm in the bathtub and I'm like, okay, I'm not picking up a pen, but is that what you want me to do? Like I'm, I'm having a conversation in my head and I hear yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I'm like, would you let, how do I refer to you? Am I supposed to refer to you as God? And I hear yes. And I'm like, okay. So I am like starting to now open this channel, which I've always been like very afraid of because, you know, in this life, it's really easy to be mediocre, but it's hard being successful because when you have things that other people don't have and you're living a really magificent life, all of a sudden you are like a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. People want to talk about it. All those people crabs. Yeah, yeah. Those are- like what is she doing that she has all that money or what is she doing that she has all that fame? Which is just is- a reflection of what they feel like they're lacking in their own life. Yep. And so people keep themselves really small. And so I have experienced this in my own life and I'm not small by any means. Like I've had a lot of success in my life. I am a successful author. I do have best-selling books. I do speak on stages, but I'm nowhere near where I should be at this moment. And it's because, you know, like in 2017, I hired my first mentor and I remember sitting with the kid who was like signing the contract with me. And I must've been like so nervous, like he saw it on my face and he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just so scared that by signing this contract, I am going to like blow up overnight. And my kids were like two and three at the time. And I just like in my manifestations, I've seen myself speaking on stages in front of multiple thousands of people traveling the world, right? And so I've seen what my life is going to be like. But in that moment, I was so scared of that happening, right? And so that was 2017. It's six years later. And while I've gotten a small glimpse of that, I'm I'm still nowhere near where I know that I should be. Well, you know, I actually resonate with that a lot. I feel like there's a lot of us out there who you know, vision and dream of this, like success, I guess for me with success, it's more so I would love to reach more people because I just want to share a message and I want it to resonate with people and I want to help people. But the fear of that is like being known to a bunch of people and like the nervousness that brings upon me, like public speaking is something I would struggle with, which is why I love my podcast because I'm like, oh, nobody can see me. I'm just talking. It's what it is. But then my own fears are self-sabotaging the success that I desire because, you know, I'm afraid that, you know, judgment's going to take place or, you know, you're going to have those haters. And it's like really working through not giving a shit about what people think of you. Yeah. That's a big one for me. It's huge. Yeah. And it took me a long, Showing long time to get there. Yeah. yeah. It's and a- people mistake it for arrogance. Mm. Right. People think that you're egotistical, whatever. And this is where the human design piece was so huge for me because I'm a projector. Oh, that's I- funny. I am an emotional projector and I have an, my ego center is defined. And so prior to learning that, I almost thought that something was wrong with me. Like, 
what, like, am I egotistical? Like, I, I used to, like, ask myself the question, like, am I arrogant? Like, is there something wrong with me? Like, should I not be feeling this way? Like, why do I want to be in, like, such a spotlight, right? And then I started learning about my human design. And it's like, I am exactly who I'm supposed to be. All of the lines, all of the definitions, all of the things, like, I'm a 4-6, so I'm an opportunist. And I have the wisdom, you know, it's like, it's all there written in the stars for me, written in my chart. But prior to knowing human design, I thought something was wrong with me. So now the more that I learn human design, the more I get to step into my power and just be me. And you know, if you don't like it, again, don't watch me. Yeah. Take me out, right? And and I've created an energetic around me that's so powerful that people don't even combat me anymore. There was a time in the beginning where people would like comment stuff. Now they don't do that. It's interesting. Like a couple of weeks ago, I had posted on my Facebook a couple of photos of me in this white blazer. I thought it was this beautiful white blazer outfit, but it's a lot of cleavage. And I think it's like a powerhouse photo. I personally think it's classy. Like I can tell you all these good things about these photos. So I posted four photos on my Facebook and I'm rebranding one of my books. So I wanted to put one of those photos on the cover. And I asked the question, you know, which photo would you choose for the rebrand of the book? And I, I posted the link to the book. And so this opened up this Pandora's box. And it was really interesting, like what I received. There's the people who love them, right? The people who love the photos, they chose their favorite photo. And then there was the people who decided that this was an opening for them to give me their opinion. Because normally I'm not down for people's opinions, right? And so I had a lot of people who were like, listen, I have so much respect for you and I love following you and, and I love the work that you do in this world. And I feel like I am your target audience. But if you were to put this photo on a book, it would totally turn me off. Hmm. And so there was a lot of comments like that. And had I did this, a few years ago, it would have destroyed me. I would have started arguing with people, right? But because I'm so emotionally intelligent at this point, I was like, okay, I'm going to allow for this to continue because some of the comments triggered me, right? Like one of the comments was like, this photo says you slept your way to the top. Oh no. And wow. so that was a big trigger for me because when my husband and I first met, I was on food stamps, right? And my husband was a wealthy man. But what people don't know is that my husband went through a six and a half year divorce and a divorce drains you financially. Mm -hmm. So then I became financially successful all on my own in that time. But a lot of people looked at me and judged me and thought that my financial gain was because of him. And so I needed to work through a lot of that. So when that comment came up on that thread, I was like, ah, oh, that still stings a little bit, you know? So I needed to do the trigger work around that. And so, you know, I was telling my husband, I'm like, I'm so grateful that I did this because all in all, like the comments were so beautifully respectful that like, you can't even get mad. I mean, I'm sure if I was in a different emotional state, I probably would have gotten mad, but like people were really trying to help. But at the same token, it's like, are you really my ideal client? Because I think that my ideal client is going to be the one that says, damn, that's a hot photo. And like, I wish mm -hmm. I could take a picture like that. And like, you used to be 250 pounds and this is what you're coming out with right now. You know, like, and so there was one dude who like took it to like a whole nother level, had a lot of things to say to me, but I didn't even get mad at him 
because it was like just a reflection of who he was. He was like, if you were my wife, I wouldn't let you walk out of the house. I was like, dude, I would never be your wife. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it all goes to show like, the more you work on yourself, the more you learn about who you are, the more you dive into the human design and the astrology and whatever makes you beautifully tick, the more the outside noise doesn't matter. Your parents, they brought you into this world. You chose them to go on the journey that you needed to be on. It's not their journey to decide, mm-hmm. right? Like they gave you this opportunity, but you don't owe them anything. It's interesting that I'm also a projector and I actually have a pretty similar experience, not with photos, but with like financial changes in my life. And actually Lauren helped me through because I was really, really triggered by it because it like also involved my, my spouse, my husband. And it was just basically like, you know, I went to during COVID, I went to like an accelerated nursing program. So now I'm a nurse and my husband's been a nurse. And so during that like year and a half that I was in school, we struggled because we lived off one income. I couldn't work. I I did school full time. So now that we both are working, we actually make pretty good money. And so we had like relatives who were visiting and we were, and it was around Christmas. And this was like the first year that we've you know, we had a big Christmas because we haven't bought gifts in a, in a while. And we were like, we deserve this. We work hard. Let's do this. And apparently like the family who were visiting basically behind closed doors had a conversation about how we were arrogant because we were nurses and we talked too much about nursing. And we were very like precocious and braggy with our money and how dare we? And I remember being so upset and I called Lauren and I was like, I don't understand. I don't brag. I've worked so hard. I, this is my second degree. Like I worked three jobs during my first degree. I don't understand why these people think like, and Lauren was like, it's not your job to fix them and you don't have to explain anything to them. And I was like, right. And they're just, oh, like, yeah, you're right. They're just reflecting their own insecurities and their Mm -hmm. own shame around what they couldn't accomplish in this life. You know, like when I was living on food stamps, I thought that rich people were bad. I thought that there was only so much money in the world and only certain people were allotted to be millionaires. Like I really had like this like fucked up. (laughs) Oh no, that is such a common mindset. I see it all the time. And that's what holds people back from actually obtaining money themselves. We just had another guest speaker who practices like money manifestation with her clients. And we were talking about the idea of money being its own type of energy and how if you're not open to that energy of like, you know, you may be a mentor and maybe somebody you're giving all this energy of your mentorship to someone and then they're paying you for that service. And that's just an exchange of energies and how that's what we're constantly doing with money. And it was a really powerful conversation that we had because I didn't grow up with that concept. No, me neither. And I was like, oh my God, if this makes so many light bulbs go off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I've been living this life for a long time. You know, like my husband and I are together 12 years this month. 
And I still have a hard time with it. Like I still struggle with it. Like, you know, my, my husband was wealthy long before I ever came into the picture. So his money mindset is very different than mine and the purchases that he makes and whatever, like I get to live my lifestyle because of him, you know, and I get to push through a lot of my stuff because of him. Cause like, there's things that I would never purchase. But if I say it to him, he's like, of course you can have that. You know, it's like, it doesn't even like whatever, but like my mom, the other week, she was like yelling at me. Why do you have to travel so much? And I'm like, why do you care? <laughs> right? Like, or like my husband was at like the second Yankee game of the week. Why does he have to go to all those Yankee games? Because he has season tickets. Well, I don't I, like she just she still doesn't like get it. You know, and and our financial gain has also elevated her life, like how many trips we took her on, how many gifts we bought her, how many whatever. But in the background of everything that's happening, when I posted those photos on Facebook, people called her and they were like, is your daughter going to be a porn star? And I'm like, what? Oh my god! That's actually what somebody screamed. Yeah, and so you know, she called me and she was like so mad at me. I'm like, what is your problem? And so she said that to me. I'm like, who is it? I'll take them off of my Facebook right now. Like, why are you putting yourself through that? She's like, do you know how uncomfortable that makes me feel? And I'm like, but like, it's not even true. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, why does that even bother you? Well, and you know what? I also I think I think with parents especially like older generations, I feel like they have this mindset is that, you know, your child is a reflection of you. Yes. Kind of thing. So they take everything so personally that their children does because they feel like it's a reflection of who they are, which is not true at all because your child is their own person. Right. That's, that's, you know, going back to that parenting conversation that we had that I'm trying to set my children up to be their own selves. But my mom is old school. Like she's Mm -hmm. still immigrant from Russia mentality, you know, like even though she created her own wealth in this life and, and has lived a good life, she's still in that like judgment zone. And instead of looking at me and being proud of me and, you know, like she has never given me a pat on the back ever. And I have created some like magic in this life. Like last year I I retired as an acupuncturist in November of 2021. And in March of 2022, somebody came to me with um, a network marketing company called Pure Haven, which is all toxin free. And it's like super aligned with who I am as a person. And at first it was like, I'm not doing any of that. And they were like, no, like just do it for the discount. Like it's, they're really good products. And so I started using the products and I fell in love. And within three weeks, I like defied the impossible of this company. I earned a trip. I earned another trip. I earned three trips within like a few months. I built a team of a hundred people under me within like, you know, the short period of time I was like making all of these goals. And like, I'm like, mom, aren't you proud of me? And like, Ah, nothing, nothing, you know, like she, she was like almost mad at me because again, I talk about this stuff on social media. So she's mad at me for putting it all out there instead of being proud of me for like owning who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And my mom admits that growing up, like she never had confidence. So so my husband probably triggering her a bit with your confidence. Totally. So my husband and I got married on 11-11 of 22 after all those years together. And there's this beautiful photo of me and my mom. And I posted it with like, you know, for her birthday or whatever. And she sent me a snapshot of it. And she was like, From this moment forward, I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to tell myself that I am beautiful. 
And I'm like, that's amazing, you know, like, but it's taken her all of this time, yeah. right? Like I've been doing this mirror work for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took like her whole life. You have to wonder like why she believes that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like what are what are the what are the what was the narrative that was built? Because I feel like that stuff happens in childhood from what you hear from adults. Because whatever you hear adults telling you is super powerful. Lauren and I did I think something on body. We we didn't name it specifically, but it was like body mentality. Yeah, and I personally have like a lot of experience with being young and having a lot of like older people in my life make comments about the way that my body looked and it not only affects like your physical aspects of your body because then that affects like how you eat and your relationship with food but it affects your emotional self-confidence and then you have to wonder like what was your mom's childhood like that she's obviously you said that you're in your 40s so your mom's slightly older and you like it that's a long time to not believe that you're beautiful yeah well, you know, I mean, my grandfather was not like a very nice person. My grandfather used to make fun of me. I was always overweight growing up. So I had a lot of body issues. I still do. I still struggle with body dysmorphia. And I am in the best shape that I've ever been in my life, especially right before the wedding. I was the thinnest that I ever was because I was doing no gluten, no dairy, no, which I'm normally no gluten, no dairy, but I also cut out sugar, alcohol, grains. And I was like... So since my wedding, I've gained 20 pounds and it has been an experience and a half because I've, my whole life I've wanted to be thin. And now that I am thin, the whole world, I feel like is obese. <laughs> so it's like, you know, growing up, like the thin models were the thing, but now like all the models you see on TV are like overweight. It's like this whole mind fuck. Right. And so this year I committed to really being seen. And last year I did a radio show that was only voice and I didn't like it at all. I didn't like just like you guys are podcasts. That's just voice. Like when I decided to do my podcast, like last year, I did a podcast that was voice only. And I, I don't know, I just didn't like talking out into the ethers. Like I, I like being on camera. And so the fact that I committed this year to being on camera and have gained 20 pounds, it's like that self-sabotage piece that you were talking about, Lauren, is that you know, it's, it's like, I know that I have to show up every day. So how do I sabotage this then to start gaining weight so that when I stare at myself, I can like mentally sabotage myself. So it's been like a real mental game with me to still stay in the energy of I am beautiful. I am looking good in my body. I am confident in my body. I love my body as it is. I burn all the extra fat that I don't need. My body is holding on to whatever it needs, right? And it's like self-love and that self-affirmation. It's so important. And, and it's great that we're talking about all of this because I think it's important for the audience to know and hear that like no matter what level of success you get to, whatever success is for you, you know, like for some people, success is not being, on a luxury yacht or having a million dollars, right? Like for some people, success is like living in the mountains and, and, you know, taking walks like with their dog, like whatever, whatever success looks like for you, you just need to be comfortable in your own skin.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most I think having gratitude, have, like you were saying before, like having gratitude for like your home, like me, like my, my sister's on like a huge life healing process right now. And she's, I can see that she's at her very, very beginning stages. And she was like saying something in text to me about her being fat. And I said, don't talk about yourself that way. Like, this is your home. This is your sacred space. Yeah. This does so much for you. You need to love this and whatever that may look like in this season is okay. As long as you're feeling healthy and nutritious and you're eating the right foods that make you feel good and you're getting movement that makes you feel good. That's 90% of the battle more than being like a stereotypical figure. Because I think for so long we had, like you were saying, like I grew up in the nineties where the models were super, 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 super thin. Giselle bunch and thin. And that was the mentality that you had to be that thin or you weren't pretty. And it was like physically impossible. And then now there's all these documentaries coming out about how these people were physically not eating. Yeah, they were, they tortured. You're like, they weren't even healthy. No, no. I mean, when we knew that they weren't healthy, you know, and, and look, even like right before my wedding, like I was super healthy, but it was hard to be that skinny, Mm -hmm. you know, like it it was, I had to work hard for that. And then it's like, I just want to live. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, right? Like, I just want to live. I don't want to, I don't want to compare myself to like the the norm of society. And And I'm honestly the type of person who, this is probably bad, but like, I want to go against like, anything that somebody tells me to do, like, I want to do the opposite. 100%. That's like how I am. I'm like, drink water. You should drink water. Yeah. Yeah. I should drink water. Yeah, I should. Absolutely. Uh, Well, I feel like we could talk on and on and on. This has been a great conversation. And I am so grateful that you were able to come on and we had this conversation. Before we go, though, I would love to hear a book recommendation if you have one and where the audience can follow you on social media. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to plug my own books if that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, So the first book that I would highly suggest you getting is 31 Days of Gratitude, Create the Life You Desire. That is the very first bestseller I put out. It's actually a journal. It's not just a book. So if you don't like to read, this is a great book for you because there's only like 10 pages of reading. And I break down spiritual rules like the way that I interpreted them, which is like very simple. Like my mind is, I'm very deep, but like I like things to be very simple. And then there's 31 Days of Affirmation and spiritual blurbs every day that are for everybody and room for you to create and manifest your own life. So I highly suggest that. My second book is called From Food Stamps to First Class, and it's the story of my life. And it has affirmations in every chapter. So it's a really good personal development book. And I write exactly how I talk. So like you're following along in this conversation and you love the way that I speak, like you'll really like the, the book. And my kid's book is called I Am Grateful for My Life. You can get everything on my website, which is www.shilamita.com, S-H-I-L-A-M-I-D-A. There is no E in my name. When you go type it in, spell check, we'll try to put an E there. So refrain from the E. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Awesome. You can also get all the books on Amazon. They're available on Amazon for the, you know, prime shipping or whatever. And I would highly suggest Conversations with God. It's uh, the book that I just recently finished. There's a series of them. It's like a trilogy. So you could buy all of the books at once or you could just buy one book at a time. Go straight to page 11. Page 11 is like my whole existence. 
And it's wow. like all about gratitude. And there, there's literally sentences in that book that I've said out loud before. So it's like, it's just so divinely aligned. And if you're struggling with religion, it's a great book to read because it really like, you know, the conversation that's had with God really breaks down a lot of the stuff that we've been conditioned to think is, mm -hmm. is for real. And then if you want another book to help you on your path, I would suggest Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Oh, I've heard of that. I've been wanting to pick that up too. That's one of my early on books by Deepak Chopra. And there was this Cliff Notes version because I'm the author that didn't like to read. So I, you know, used to always make the excuse, like, I don't like to read. I don't like to read. So there's a Cliff Notes version that you, I, I don't know if it's still available, but it was a really good book and it was a really big catalyst in my life. Awesome. And I am all over social media. I hang out on Instagram at 50 Shades of Shilamita. I also have a goddess underscore of underscore gratitude page. I don't hang out there as much. I post reels there because they pay me for reels there, but I hang out and story on 50 Shades. My podcast is available on every listening station. And it's also on my YouTube channel at 50 Shades of Shilamita. And I am a big presence on Facebook, Shilamita Cooperstein. I'm in the process of changing my name. So it'll eventually be Shilamita Friedman. And I love to hang out on Pinterest as well. I love Pinterest too. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you again for coming on. We are so, so grateful. And Everybody listening, we cannot wait to chat with you guys again soon. Until next time.